Um, okay, so this is from May 28th, 2016 at 1.06 p.m. I wrote, okay. I just randomly clicked on this. I yeah. wrote, co-worker calling me fat. Oh, my God, I'm afraid to read the rest of it. Oh, boy, yeah, this sounds more <laughs> like a... Welcome to the Love and Comedy Podcast, where two stand-up comics talk pursuing love while pursuing stand-up comedy. Twist! Your comedian host happened to be married. I'm one of your hosts, Aurora Singh. And I'm your other host, Drew Schaefer. Woo! Woo! Uh, today's <laughs> episode theme is inner thoughts. Ooh, tell me more. No, like, tell me outside of your head. It, oh, sorry. I was, yeah, having yeah. An, I was having an inner thought. <laughs> that one's for the video. The listeners are like, did they just freeze for a second? <laughs> what happened? Did the audio cut out? Uh, no, I think, like, today's episode, we want to talk about it because people have this idea that comedians are just so, like, in the moment and they're just, like, talking and having fun, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, there is so much going on under the surface. Right. Like what you see on stage is never what is fully happening inside of their brain. Like yeah. everything is everything is pretty rehearsed. Um, and then it becomes like this muscle that you just work. And then the, the other half of your brain is thinking of something else. Yeah. So. You have like your jokes at some point become autopilot. Yeah. So then the rest is like what's going on in your head. Like really, I always say it's like the duck theory. That, like, when you see a duck swimming on a lake, you're like, oh, it looks so calm and serene and peaceful. But under the water, it's paddling like hell. Whose theory is that? I don't know. I read it, like, 10 or 15 years ago on, like, MySpace, I think. Damn, that's, a, no, that's like, really good because it's exactly what's happening. It looks calm, cool, collected, confident, fun. And like, then the other half is, like, paddling. Paddle, 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 paddle. <laughs> oh, no. If I don't paddle, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Exactly. I'm drowning. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about this today. So let's get started. Let's do it. So I think before Are you we okay, you just hit your elbow. Yeah. <laughs> I hit my funny bone. Uh, <laughs> funny powers activate. Oh Time my to God. go. <laughs> um, so I think before we get started, obviously people listening they may or may not know us, uh, but I think even people who know us might be surprised to find out our answers to this. But would you classify yourself as more as of an introvert or an extrovert? I would say I'm an introverted extrovert okay yeah what what about you uh well i want to hear more of your explanation well, I, you're she's so I quick just, she's like i'm an introvert right now i want to shut up you just answer <laughs> just right back to you right back to you i was thinking we could both answer but but i'll um i want to i want to hear you yeah. <laughs> excuse me i i'm an introverted extrovert and i think a lot of people that know me really well would agree and um but also a lot of people would disagree like that have just like known me because when I'm out in public, I'm like very much like, hi, how's it going? Ah, you know, like I'm trying to like really make people feel welcomed and comfortable around me. Mm -hmm. So that comes off as extroverted. Um, but it is so draining. It's so draining for me. Okay. I and I and it's not like I hate doing it, um, but I just. I like to make people feel comfortable, but I would love to be able to sit in the back of a room and like be in my own world and not okay. have to like 
hold a conversation or like make sure everyone's doing okay that would be nice but something inside of me just like won't let me do that gotcha um and i also think that i am somewhat of an introvert until people give me the okay to be a little bit more extroverted like especially when i'm in new situations i do tend to like sit back and observe more than just go out and i also think that i'm a natural born leader yeah which comes off as extroverted i agree with you on that so like if i'm like for example i'm taking acting classes right now and i i just want to sit in the corner like when i first started the classes i was like okay i'm just gonna sit here observe like learn and be in the class but they needed a volunteer and no one was volunteering but because i'm a, a leader i'm like okay i'll do it so then people took that as me being extroverted. Yeah. But in actuality, I'm like, let's just get it done. That's, yeah. I think just for the drama of it, although I, I do mean it when I say it, I want to disagree a little bit with you. Like On what part? On the- um, Like, I think you are a little bit more extroverted than you're giving yourself credit for. Like, okay. I think when I see you, I I see like this energizing effect that going out has on you. Like, if we're sitting at home, there's like... Okay, like, oh, I'm getting bored. I'm getting tired. But when you go out, you're like, I'm putting on my makeup. I'm walking into this room like I own this shit. I just want to put on makeup so I don't look tired. (laughs) 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 I'm not like trying to look like. (laughs) But then you walk into the room and you're like, so like you get energized by that, like confidence that like walking around, getting some of that, like pump up by the people around you. Oh, I guess so. I, I think in that way, like I think yeah. the intro, the intro, like you feel introverted, but like I, th- I see energizing effects of being around people for you. So introverts don't feel energized being out. No, it's. I mean, I don't feel energized being out. I feel like it's very draining for me. Okay. Like so, maybe it's like yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like I it. It comes off like that. It comes off like I'm extroverted. Yeah. But when I get, when I'm done with that kind of stuff, I literally am like, ooh, okay. I yeah. feel like it's like masking. I could see that. I could no, see I, it I, like. I, but I also do agree that it's not, it's not fully masking. I do find some of it. I, I And that's what I was saying. Like when I'm around people, I'm, I really am comfortable around. Like when I'm with yeah. my best friends, it, I'm very extroverted in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like I want us to have a good time and laugh and giggle. And then I leave those situations do feeling energized. Yeah. But if it's people that I don't know and I'm forced to be that way, ugh, I'm I, exhausted. And that's where I think like introverts, it's even when they're around their best friends, there's still like a sense of like, oh, but I still kind of would rather be doing nothing and not have to socialize. Yeah, I have friends that I do that with, But I, too. I think you're a good, like, you're a good mix of both. Yeah, because I have friends that I literally sit and we just watch TV together and do nothing. And, and that's great. easier for you? That's, yeah, that's... Yeah. Well, those are, like, my close, close, like, like my like my best friend, Katie. Like, we'll we'll just, like, hang out. Ooh, drama. Uh, everybody, everybody I mean, not named Katie. she's my maid of honor. No, she's my maid of honor. <laughs> she knows what's up. But, like, like, we'll, like, we'll hang out and just... We can go out and giggle and laugh and have fun and like, you know, be silly, but then we'll also like hang out and do absolutely nothing and not yeah. speak and like send TikToks to each other sitting yeah. in the same room. Yeah. And it's like fine and we have fun and it's super chill. But that's I that's why I'm saying I think I'm like an introverted extrovert. And I think yeah, you're definitely like yeah. you have <laughs> characteristics of both. That's of both. for sure. Yeah. yeah. What? Okay. So, what are you? Uh, I'm a firm introvert. Yeah. In every way, I don't think anybody's. Well, some people are still surprised by that, which is weird. Like, 
because they assume because we're comedians, we have to be these extroverts. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, no, I like stand by my belief that the best comedians are all very introverted. Okay, but I'm a comedian and I'm not very introverted. You, yeah, that's why I don't that's think you're not, a good comedian. No, no, because like, that's not <laughs> true. Kidding. That's not true. Do you really believe hilarious. that? Do you really believe that? I think the... Because like, think of think of like really good... Co- like Joe Coy. He's not an... He can't be a no, full introvert. No, he'd be an And extrovert. he's one of the greats. Yeah, I think overall, like if you gave me two people that I had never seen before and I didn't know their comedy and you just said once an introvert, once an extrovert, I'm going to pick the introvert because they're the listeners. Damn, you are being controversial I'm trying. We're trying to get some drama. We got to get some traction. People are going to be like, damn, did you hear that hot take? That introvert, oh that introvert Drew was like, oh, all the extroverts are just the worst people to be around. <laughs> oh, wow. Let's, I'm trying to get some clips right here. Let's get on the news. Okay. Uh, no, I, I honestly <laughs> do. I think introverted people observe and listen to the, the world more than extroverted people. And I think in comedy, there's a lot of that need to sit back and observe and reflect I mean, extroverts have better stories because they've done things in their lives instead of sitting at home all day. And extroverts have better presentation on stage, I would say, for the most part. But I think like the jokes that really get me are the ones that an introvert observed and reflected and perfected. I don't agree that introverts observe the world better than extroverts. I mean, I don't think that one observes the world better than the other. I think that they observe the world in different ways. And I think that each one is unique and that's why it's cool that there's those two different kinds of like ways to observe the world, right? And like for people like me, who I would consider to be an introverted extrovert, I think that I do observe a lot, Mm -hmm. like a lot. But the difference between the way I observe the world and a true introvert is that I observe things and then I have to say what I'm observing. Okay. And so it's like, I don't think that it's like one's observing better than the other i think that's just like person to person like who like what are you observing how are you taking it in people who never stop talking yeah they're probably not taking in information but like and when i'm thinking of an extrovert i'm thinking of someone who's just personable like someone who's wanting everyone to i'm not talking about like attention seekers or like it needs to be about me Right. I'm talking guess, about extroverted yeah. people. That's where, yeah, I think I'm thinking of the more extreme. Yeah, the person who walks in the room, it's like, let me talk. Let me be the center of attention. It's like, you're not going to be the best comedian. Right. But yeah, people right. who have some of that introverted nature like you and that just have those moments where they can pause instead of being like, I'm the show. It's like, exactly. Yeah. You're not the show every day of every, like, everybody's life. But you wish. Yeah. But those people, yeah, I feel like that. those are the ones that. I feel like maybe you're talking about are the ones that are like very, they're not really observing and they're not taking in information. They're just trying to be the information. Yeah. And then like for me, I hear that. I'm like, you won't grow. You won't learn anything. You have to at some point sit back, look around, take in your environment and then form opinions, you know, and then see where, and also see where you sit or fit in that situation. Yeah. You know, I see that. And then on the same token, because today we're talking about inner thoughts, would you classify yourself as an overthinker? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I overthink everything all the time. Like, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. I'm, I'm constantly overthinking, either if it's in the situation that's happening in the moment, in the past, in the future. It's everything. Yeah. I think you're like, there's some moments that we've had where like, it's almost like a 
a comedy movie where you'll be like in the middle of a breakdown somewhere and you're like, I think people are watching me have a breakdown. And I'm like, <laughs> they are. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, and you're like thinking, what if they think something else is going on? I'm like, just have just have your moment. Just like, yeah, I like yeah, the airport. Like, that's what I'm thinking where you're like, are people oh, looking at me right God. now? I'm like, yeah, they're looking, but stop thinking about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm- and also they're not looking because the spotlight effect. But also if they are looking, it's like they'll probably never see me again yeah unless they see me on netflix hey they'll be like oh my god i saw her at the airport she was crying crying because every flight was going wrong everything that could go wrong oh god yeah but it's like the spotlight effect we assume everybody sees more of us than they actually do like everybody's in their own head i'm not as important as I, as, as I think I am. Yeah. <laughs> Are you an overthinker? So bad. Yeah. yeah. You've seen it. That's the thing. Like, I pointed out yours, but you've seen, like, my overthinking. I have to, like, there have been times where I have to be like, Drew, Drew, come back. Yep. Come back. Yep. Come back. Because <laughs> I will get lost in yeah. a thought and follow it. Yeah. It's something where, like, even yesterday I took my mom out to eat and, like, my mom's so introverted, so shy. And I could see her overthinking and I'm like, oh, that must be what it's like for Aurora seeing me overthink because it's like the scale, like my, our difference in like overthinking introvertedness sort of thing is like the same from me to my mom. So I'm like watching her overthink and I'm like, oh, like it really is something where it's like, just make the decision. Like, like this isn't life or death. Yeah. Yeah. And And you can just do it. And I can't do that so often. Like. Today was the first time where like a light turned yellow and usually Aurora will be like, should I go for it? Should I go for it? And I start like doing the calculations, like the TV show numbers. I'm like, and he takes forever to answer. And today I was just like, go for it. Don't you dare stop on the yellow light. (laughs) I mean, we were late. So we were late. And yeah, you had so much time. And when you started to slow down, I was like, what is she doing? (laughs) I'm a little out of it today, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, it's, I'm working on the overthinking, but it's there. In are you every working facet. on it? How are, how are you working on it? Uh, so it's realizing, like you said, like it's not a life or death situation for a lot of decisions. Um, getting over the spotlight effect of like, we think people see more of us and see what we're thinking. It's like people are like, oh, I did a speech and I stuttered and everybody heard it. It's like, 87% of people did not hear that word you messed up or stuttered over. Are you also maybe getting over the idea of being wrong i think so i think yeah. that's yeah i think that's i feel a big like step. that's one of your biggest things is like you hate being wrong yeah i wasn't you, allowed to be you hate being wrong yeah it is like your it's like your thing it's like your biggest characteristic you're like i need to be right i need to have all the right research answers. Yeah, yeah i need to do the research so i know the and right sometimes yeah. you just need to, to be wrong because just, if you're never wrong you're never gonna like learn like i've learned so much from doing the wrong thing yeah and then I remember I remember it for longer, you yeah. know? But overthink I'm trying not to overthink as much. <clears throat> like this weekend, I was hosting for Anthony Justin, like, ah. Uh, uh, humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been hosting for bigger names um, <clears throat> because I've been getting these opportunities through Live yeah. Nation, which is, like, so incredible. But I overthink everything that I do and say in front of these incredible comedians because yeah. I'm just like, I, I don't want them... I don't want them to think like that I'm trying to get something from them. I also don't want them to think that I'm unprofessional and just like fangirling because I am. Yeah. But you got to play it cool. You got to play that (laughs) so cool. And like, and then also I want them to like be comfortable in their space because, you know, they got to where they are and they have their process and I want to respect it. But I also 
want them to feel like a human person and like yeah. if they want to talk to me I want to be able to hold the car so I just I you can already see I'm like reeling right now I'm like oh yeah. god and I'm thinking about everything I said and did. I, I definitely want to dig into it more right. but it's like when we do a weekend with Live Nation it's a Thursday Friday Saturday sometimes yeah. more but that's the typical it's typically four to six shows within and, three days yeah yeah and it's like I don't know it feels like night one is very like first date you're like what's okay do you want to sit in the corner alone do you want to talk like am I even allowed in the green room am I even allowed in here (laughs) and then like night two you ease into it like the end of the first night usually you might hopefully you get to like grab a drink with them or talk to them real quick night two is a little bit easier and then night three is like so like relaxed of the three nights also like the third night is like it's the end like it's It's done and everyone just kind of like think not like thank god but kind of like Yeah. You know, like we just did six shows in three nights. It's like you bonded that trial by fire. Like, And by the sixth show, we're all just like, okay, like we have nothing to lose. The whole weekend went good. We had really good show, like five good shows. So the sixth one's like, if this, if, if anything goes wrong, it's like, whatever, we all know what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a camaraderie at that point. I love it. And so I did a lot of theater. I did a lot of plays and stuff. And it's the same way in plays. Like, Opening night has all these jitters, all this stress. So there's a different energy. And the final showing for us was always a Sunday matinee. And it was like the most loose, like, hey, this is our last fun time together. And like, it was just a different energy. So it's cool to see that. I love it. Um, Was was there another one? No. Oh, that was it? That's it. Okay. I'm (laughs) overthinking it. Do you want want to do more (laughs) about thinking? We can. Well, no, I was just, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm fine. I just was like... I was thinking that about was literally yeah that was literally she's like I'm having thoughts and let's I talk know. about those thoughts and I let's but talk I about cause, them. well because I was just thinking about like I just want to share this quick thing like last night before the sixth show yeah um <clears throat> I was like waiting for the feature to be done um Jesse Johnson who is absolutely incredible so funny um and super sweet but I was waiting for her to be done I went to the, I went to the green room to like let Anthony know, and then we started talking about dogs, and I started telling about how. De- oh Taz, no! <laughs> <laughs> I started telling him about how Taz died in uh, July, end of July, early August, and um, <laughs> I was like going into detail. And I was like, but it was kind of funny because I was in LA and blah 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 all this stuff, and then I heard a huge applause, and I was like, oh shit, is she done? Yeah. And I like ran out there, and Jesse was done. She had I I have like a bad internal clock. Yeah. And so her eight minutes that I thought she had left like went faster than my brain allowed yeah. it, and so I was to just telling Anthony just like about my dead dog, and then I went I ran on stage late like introed Anthony he went up and then I went to the green room and I was like Jesse I'm so sorry I was late I can't believe I was telling Anthony about my dead dog and then I brought him up on stage and she's like why were you telling him about your dead dog and that right before he had to go up and I was like I don't know and now I'm gonna think about this for the rest of my life every day yeah <laughs> did you mess up his set did he walk out there and go <laughs> no of course not he's he's an absolute professional and, yeah. like, and a murderer but like uh, in, in comedy terms, that's a good thing. He's yeah. I'm like, Aurora's like, I spent three days with him. That dude did it. Like, <laughs> no, he's, in, he's, it was, it was a treat to watch him work this weekend. Um, I just wish he had like made a joke out of it. Like Aurora sings dog died six months ago. 
Because <laughs> even he was tired of hearing her shitty jokes or something. Like, he's so dark. That's really I'm funny, like, yeah. No, he didn't do that. And then I no. apologized to him after the show, and he laughed and thought it was funny. Yeah. See, um, overthinking. Like, I to did you, it was just it. like, oh, my God, you thought about it for 45 minutes as he's on stage. You're like, the I whole psyched 45. him out. Yeah. I, like, put him in the wrong mindset. And he's like, no, I forgot about it. Like, yeah. honestly, I wasn't and even listening, probably. No, no, no. He he was. And he said, no, the story was, he was like, it was actually kind of funny. Like, the That's story awesome. was telling That's him. a compliment. <laughs> So I was like, yeah. So that was just an that's just an example of me overthinking something so, like for so long, just sitting like I just messed up. But you're having such a good weekend, and I just completely you, messed up. You got offered. and then it was nothing that I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I do want to mention too. We forgot to do in the intro. Yeah, what's up? Um, that we're recording at the comedy spot in Sacramento, California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that because people who are listening don't know, but we always we want to make sure we give them a shout out because yeah, they're sure. incredible and um, they have all this. This comedy club is really unique because it's not just stand up. Mm-hmm. They do all genres of comedy, so they have sketch, improv, variety shows, drag Everything. shows, stand up. Yeah. All the things. Everything. And they have, um, oh, my, that's my timer. Hold on, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they have. Uh, <laughs> Don't talk if you're not talking. <laughs> <laughs> they have, uh, um, they also have classes here too. So classes, if you guys, everything. If yeah. you guys are listening and you're like, oh, I kind of, you know, I want to get into comedy, but maybe not stand up or, oh, I want to try sketch. Um, look up online. They have sketch classes, improv classes. Uh, stand up, stand up classes. Yeah, short filmmaking classes. Oh, they everything. do. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. They have I didn't so know many that. cool. Yeah, so many cool options. I did sketch and improv, um, and yeah, they yeah. both were very informative, very well structured, very yeah, very professional classes. Well, you heard it here. Come check them out um, and come support them because they're supporting us, and we're yep. super appreciative of that. Yeah, look and how cool this studio is. Like, yeah, and if you're not, luck. if you're not watching it. Just know that it's fucking cool. Yeah, we got a brick wall <laughs> background. Like, Ooh. this is like a legit comedy. It <laughs> looks like a comedy show that we are sitting on a couch. Dude. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. Fun. So we thanks, Comedy Spot. Um, but our next section is the love section. Yeah. We're going to do a quick one because really we want to, there's like, some we want to focus on yeah. comedy so much. But we always want to talk about a little bit of love on the Love and Comedy podcast. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious to know we are married. We got married three years ago. Yep. And there's a moment in our wedding that I just want to know, <laughs> what were your inner thoughts when we were on the altar? Ooh, so like doing our, like the ceremony of the vows, all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. We, we got married at Vizcaya, down yes. right like five minutes from, not even five minutes, three yeah. minutes from here. You're in Midtown, Sacramento. You're in Midtown. And uh, yeah, on the altar in front of all of our friends and family. Some ex-friends now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Drama. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're on, we're standing there in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, maybe, we, maybe um, what were your inner thoughts to like when I'm walking down, like while you're standing, because you were up there before I was. Yeah. I was, I because I walked up there with our officiant, Morty Stein, another comedian. Great dude. Um, but I don't know. I, I know I should have some big revelation. Or some big moment. But for me, like, when people are like, oh, I, I was going to cry. I cried at the ceremony or I had this. Like, for me, I was so chill and laid back. Like, I wasn't stressed whatsoever. I was just in the moment, just happy. Aww. So, like, you walk down and I know people are like, I started crying as soon as I saw my bride. But it's like, 
we did a first look photo, so I got to see the dress, which... And you were not emotional. I was not emotional. During yeah. that at all? No, like, not I was excited to bit. see... We hadn't seen each other in, like, 48 hours. Yeah. So it was, like, more like, oh, I'm so excited, and then you looked so beautiful, and you were so happy in your dress, I could tell, and so I was like, oh, I'm just so happy to see her. And so yeah. then you walked down, and it was like, there were so many fun little moments, but for me, it was just like, I was just happy. I wasn't stressed. I wasn't scared. I wasn't, like... Some people are like, oh, did you have second thoughts? No. What? <laughs> I would hope not Like at that point. I'm the biggest rom-com fan. And so always there's like the moment of like somebody comes storming in. I'm like, nobody in my life would storm in. Like, I mean, no, none I had of my no exes would. Yeah, I, <laughs> none of them could. <laughs> none of them could. Well, one could, one could but he but wouldn't. No. <laughs> Probably. I can't say it. No, nope. no, no, no. The first one definitely wouldn't because he's living his best life. Yeah. Um, and also doesn't have social media. The second one is dead, and the the third one, like he can't he can't storm it anywhere because he nope. can't walk anymore. Yeah, this is terrifying. You should watch Aurora's stand up if you don't get these jokes. <laughs> um, but so yeah, there was no stress, nothing like that. I was just happy, excited, and then like, I mean, honestly, there was a small part of me that was thinking like we've been to some weddings where maybe it's like kind of boring. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say boring, but like. Just, like, not as engaging, and it's, like, very, like, okay, like, we're here to celebrate you, but we want to have fun, too. And so I think there was a small part of me that was, like, the entertainer in me was, like, okay, how do I make sure, like, this is a beautiful moment for everybody? Like, my vows were, like, let's make it obviously romantic, obviously show my love, but also, like, is there a way to tell a joke or a way to, like, lighten the mood and make everybody be, like, oh, we love their love? Yeah, I feel like... I feel like because of that, I wish we would have done some kind of marriage ceremony that was just like you and me and an officiant because I feel the same way. Like my inner thoughts during that was to kind of like naturally entertain and and deflect a little bit from the vulnerability because like being up there and like professing our love to each other is really weird. weird Yeah. I'm like, like, my boss is here. Like, I have yeah. to see him on Monday. Like, my mom is, like, sitting in the front just, like, watching me. <laughs> I had a lot of inner thoughts while we were up there. Yeah. Like, while I was walking down the aisle, my inner thoughts were looking around at the decorations and being like, damn, I did a fucking good job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and like you said, like, um, you, people are like, oh, the groom's, like, crying. He's taking in the bride, blah, yeah, blah, we, blah. Yeah, we had a bet, actually. Me and my best yeah. man were like, a hundred bucks says you cry. And I was like, I'm not going to cry. No, no, no. No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect you to cry, but like the on the opposite end, everyone expects the bride when they walk down the aisle to immediately just look at their their husband to be, yeah, their fiance. And I immediately, when I was walking down the aisle, was looking at decorations. I and at the last second, I was like, oh shit, I'm getting married. oh Drew's down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I gotta look at Drew. You okay. like looked at the like the arch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like looking at the arch. You're like, oh, Drew's standing under it. Now it the arch weird. wasn't done the way that I had imagined. So I was like looking around the decoration. I was like, oh, everything looks good. like a bridezilla. You're yeah. like, it wasn't done right. It's all I could focus <laughs> no, on. No, this is the overthinker in me. So I'm just like going, I'm like looking at everything. I'm like, it looks good. And I'm like, oh, the arch wasn't exactly what I wanted, but it still looks cute. Like whatever. Yeah. It's like, I'm People excited for the day. I'm like looking at my friends. I'm waving at my friends. And then I'm like, oh shit, I'm getting married. So I started to look at Drew. <laughs> and then we get up there and I'm all I'm thinking about is like how weird it is that we have to like stare at each other for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And then you were squeezing my hand so tight and I was wearing obviously our my engagement ring but I was wearing this ring that my um my aunt had given her daughter my cousin mm-hmm. um 
and and uh, my aunt passed away, you know, unfortunately before the wedding. So my cousin let me have that be her, my borrowed. Yeah. And so um, I was wearing it and Drew was squeezing my hands so fucking tight. Like it was like, it I was thought it like, was like cute romantic, but no, I didn't even know because now no. I wear a ring. I'm like, it oh, was, that hurts. It was so painful. So I kept trying to like like naturally be like please stop but i didn't want to be like stop because we were mic'd up and so yeah <laughs> so i was like having all and then i was like you know and then katie of course was doing her thing as a maid of honor so i was i was like oh thank god she's here she was like taking care of everything and so yeah i was just having overthinking inner thoughts on yeah. everything about it but i definitely was like not emotional and i think that like looking back at we and we talked about maybe doing an episode where we watch our wedding video yeah. and review it and like go through the inner thoughts yeah because like i i wish we would have done a, a private ceremony just me and you and an officiant that would have been yeah way different because like watching our vows i'm like it's cringy to me really yeah i, I feel like it's just like because i'm like god it, it wasn't like cute like for me it wasn't like the way that we are it's the way we were as entertainers and not like us as a couple i can see that argument for sure yeah like, i feel like we were just like being silly and fun and like a little cute but like i don't know and it's and that's fine you know and not mm -hmm. the whole world needs to know how we are in private but like in private we're not always like that we're yeah. like an actual couple that were like oh i love you and this is why yeah so i don't think our vows reflected that that's so interesting i i don't know i feel like to me it was it felt reflective of like the fun that we have together. Oh yeah, the fun part, That's but the not part, the yeah. like we're getting married and it wasn't like I didn't feel like looking back at that. I'm like I didn't feel like that. And even in the moment, I wasn't thinking about the romantic like love, not even the romantic, but the like genuine like not the fun part, but the the foundational part of our relationship. Mhm. Mm in the moment, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about making it fun. Oh, yeah, that's You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it wasn't, I wasn't like thinking about us as a couple. I was okay. thinking about like, we're getting married. This is dope. And let's make it fun for people. Like, let's celebrate our marriage. Yeah. But I wasn't like, let's show them why we're getting married. Does that make that sense? That makes sense. Okay. This is the part that we have been like, <laughs> I know, I'm so excited. So excited for. I think it's something that we get a lot of questions from people about. And even if I we think don't, that, I think, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I think I was just going <laughs> to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I just, I was going to say. Don't say I'm sorry that way. Now I'm like, <laughs> you're going to clip it up. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I feel like people are, are just going to, if you don't ask about it, I feel like you're surprised when you hear it. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think like everybody expects, yeah, comedians, especially like the whole point of comedy is to like come across as this like spontaneous, having fun, confident, whatever. But it's like, there's so much going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And so... For this episode specifically, we just want to start with the basics. What is going on in your head while you're on stage performing? In general? In general. Just a standard show. Like, okay. we're not talking like, oh, okay. when you're hosting or when you're performing for a big name. We're talking just day-to-day -day life as a comedian. What is going on in your head <laughs> as you're on stage? Um... In general, in general, yes. my thoughts on stage is I hope that my fly is up. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, I, 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 oh God, this is tough. What in general? Yeah, just 
you're on stage telling a joke or is your brain saying the joke at the same oh, time I, okay i like, know what i know yeah. my inner thoughts when i'm on stage in general is just breathe and remember you know what you're doing Ooh. so like so like when i'm talking right like these jokes they're supposed to seem spontaneous yes. and on the on the fly always yeah always so i'm you know they're not spontaneous and they're no. not on the fly so like when the best comedians make it seem like it's the first time they've right. ever thought of it the first time every time every time yep and so <laughs> that's just like that's what i told all the guys in college too this yep. is my first time yep. um <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think that when I go up, my in general, I'm just thinking, take it in, like, as I'm saying the jokes, because I'm saying the jokes, they're coming out no matter what. In general, I'm just saying, take it in, let let your timing be yours, not theirs. So I'm Interesting. like, so like, if I'm doing a joke, and let's say I'm doing a joke with an audience that's not as like lively, they're not as like responsive. Yeah. So I will let the silence sit. Like, the, if they're just like, oh, okay, and then the, move on, I still let the silence sit the way that it's supposed to be as far as the timing goes. Okay, like, so you're within, not... Within reason, yeah. right? I'm not going to sit there and, like, wait for, like, one, two, three. I'm not, you're like, like oh, I did this joke last night for a sold-out crowd, and yeah. it was a 10-second applause break, so I'm going to pause for 10 seconds. No, but yeah. But you still, like, you know to pause a yeah, little bit. And yeah, I, and I have noticed that that uh, makes... That gives off more confidence because I'm like, yeah, this is this is it. Like, this yeah. is what you're getting. This is what I, I am bringing to the table. And this is me. And so some of you are going to love it. Some of you are going to hate it. But at least, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's my in general inner thought. What about you? Okay. I think, yeah, for me, it's like the metaphor I have is like there's two trains running side by side. And like one train is the set. And it's like, especially in shows where like, I don't feel as like in the moment, it's like that train runs from A to B and it's just going to go to the sta next station. Like it's on its way. And the other train is like bouncing back and forth between like, oh, this side of the room's laughing harder than this side. Let's focus on these people. What's going on over here? Like there's a second train of thought that's just like, balancing everything going on it starts to overthink a little bit like oh no they're not laughing at that are they gonna laugh at this next joke or do i skip like does this train need to go to a different station tonight like yeah so it's like you're like i and i agree because i do the same thing where you're, the one one train is just doing what it needs to do yep. and the other train is like fixing or may, maybe for me i feel like there's someone on the train fixing the train as it's going like the person yeah. diverting like at each yeah. little change like there's thing. like the the guy with the headphone that's like oh we need to change this route blah 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 and then it's like fixing on the train like oh this bolt is loose like fix it because yeah. on on the fly you have to adjust and so you're taking an info it, there's so much to it yeah it's like it's reading the room like that's what we say but it's like yeah it's understanding like oh they didn't like this joke they're probably going to react negatively to this joke. So do I do it and be prepared for that reaction? Or do I change my set and maybe skip that joke or do a different tag in its place? Which one do you, would you normally do? Would you normally skip or would you do it, stick to your guns, and then just be prepared for the ramifications? I think I'm starting to a little bit now be able to just be confident that it's funny. Like I have jokes now where if it doesn't land, I will tell the crowd like, all right, I'm a little upset that you guys didn't react better to that. And it's like a fun joke. Yeah, good. Jovial, Blame like, the audience. 
<laughs> not in a mean way, but like in a like, because some people are laughing. I'm like, all right, that should have gotten a pause break, like in a funny way. And people are like, ha ha ha, he's confident. But I think for the most part, I usually will like change what jokes I do. So like I go on stage for me, I have a story I want to tell. So today I want to tell the story of growing up sheltered and how that led to me being awkward with every girl I ever dated or whatever my story is that day. And sometimes it's a three or four part story or different direction. But I know like, oh, they didn't really react to this part of my story. Maybe I can express that part in a different way. It's like, oh, they didn't like this is a crowd where like maybe like Mormons and Baptists weren't in their town. So I just have to find a different way. Don't do the Mormon jokes. Don't do the Baptist jokes. Like, just explain, like, that I was sheltered and very religious. And then just go that direction. And it's like, what context can they understand my story? Yeah, that makes sense. I do that, too. And so I'll, like, take out some where I'm like, okay, this joke works better if it's a crowd where the city has a lot of Mormons going around. Like, they'll understand where I came from. Right. And you only get that from your, your other inner thought. Like you're, yeah, because you have your thought of like doing the jokes, and then yeah. your inner thought is like, wait, adjust, adjust, yeah, adjust, adjust quick. Not so much abort mission, but like yeah. literally just like adjust everything you're doing, not to pander, but to like, yeah, in a sense, read the room. Yeah, but that those are yeah, those are really general. Yeah, Th- those are yeah, those are general thoughts. General, that's thoughts. a good that's... way to put the general thought. Yeah, like overall, like I'm not just on stage. <laughs> First off, I'm not up there just like in the moment completely like, oh, yeah, this is the first time I'm thinking of this joke. It's like, no, like my jokes rarely. There are some times where I'm like, I have a good feeling. I'm going to try this joke. Yeah. And it works. But it's like most of the time it's stuff we've done a lot. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So it's like it's just something where it's almost autopilot. You like know what you're supposed to do. So for the most part, you just plug it in, hit the button. And I think in general, too, I think in general, too, it's like. you have different shows that have different motives. So like last weekend I was doing 30 minutes at a bar. And so the motive behind that was like new material, work it out. Let's go. So my inner thought in that is watching, I'm like watching people's faces and I'm like looking for reactions to see where I can deflect or make it funnier or like recognize where the funny is and where the not funny is. And so doing that, whereas when you're working a club, your inner thought during that is, am I doing like my inner thought and what I'm hosting is like at a club is okay. Just make them feel welcomed. Where, where are the laughs coming from in the room? Um, how is the lighting, you know, trying to get all this information for other comics and also autopilot for sure yeah. like there is no like I, when i'm at a bar i'm like kind of i'm not an autopilot in the sense of like i'm just doing my jokes i'm like taking in a lot of info yeah <clears throat> where at a club i am totally an autopilot yep. which is almost sometimes a little scary because that leaves room in my brain for other thoughts Ooh, what kind yeah. of thoughts like so, negative or yeah yeah, okay. yeah. Because, like, if I'm doing a bar show and I'm working, right? Like, I consider doing shows like that work where I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm taking an info, I'm writing, I'm doing all the stuff. So even my inner thoughts in that moment are about comedy. Yeah. It's about stand-up. Yeah. It's about what's happening in the moment. Yep. Whereas if I'm doing my tried and true and I'm letting the plane fly and yep. autopilot, 
that inner thought of my brain is no longer thinking comedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's thinking, it's overthinking yep. everything else yep. that's going on in my life, <laughs> good or bad. Yep. Like this weekend. You're like doing your taxes in I'm your doing brain. My taxes. You're like- I'm like, oh, the first show this weekend. Okay. <laughs> the first show, I go up there and I start the show and I go, oh my God, there is a piece of fur on my face. <laughs> there is dog fur. So I'm literally up there and I'm like, Hey, welcome to the Sacramento Punchline. Woo! Like, I'm yeah. doing my hosting thing. And as I'm doing that, and I'm coming off confident, fun, excited, we're doing this. Anthony Jones, like, is here, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. I, in my brain, I'm going, there's a piece of fur on my fucking face. Yep. There is a piece of fur, and I'm watching it, like, I'm feeling it and watching it in my peripheral, like, travel down my yep. face. And I'm like, <clears throat> Like when people laugh, I'm like trying to get like a little, like a little, like, (laughs) like a little, like blow off of to like blow it off and like make it seem subtle. It wouldn't, and it kept traveling down. Guess what? My inner thought said, "Eat it, bitch." (laughs) (laughs) I was like, if that thing goes, eat that that fur. fur. I was like, if that goes into your mouth and you don't immediately swallow it, you're going to choke on it. Yeah, and that is going to be way more embarrassing. And so. That thing traveled down, and I swear to God, I wish if you were listening, you could see, but I would just like, st- I stuck my tongue out so fast like a lizard. I was like, and I just. <laughs> You're <laughs> just, like this, nobody will notice. I like, no one will. I have spotlights on me and a microphone. Yep. I'm like, no one's going to notice this. And I ate the fur That's- on stage. And that was my inner thought, which is wild because people just see me hosting a show. And my inner thought the entire entire time was, eat the fur. you got to eat this fur. You can't, it's not going anywhere. You, pull, you went full duck. Yeah. You went full duck. And I was just hoping that it was my dog's fur. Because I don't know. <laughs> Whose fur? Where did this fur come from? I'm assuming it was, but there's dogs at the at the club. Yeah. You know, and uh, they could have been a piece of hair, too, that could've wasn't been, mine. Yeah. I don't know. I ate it. You ate it. You ate the fur. That's a good intro. I ate the fur. I ate Inner the- thoughts. <laughs> With the Love and Comedy podcast. It was wild. It was wild. That is so funny. Um, (laughs) Something I'm really curious about, because I want to know if you've also gotten it. Do you know what the flow state is? Have you heard of that expression? No. So basically, they say in like creativity, there's this idea of like a flow state where like you stop having that thought and everything just flows out smoothly. And it's like where you hit your groove. Like that's what some people might call it, like hitting your groove. Have you ever had a set where like you shut off the second voice and you're just fully in the moment, just flowing with the crowd and wherever yeah. they go? Yeah, I had that this weekend. Yeah, yeah, you had there one was of those shows. That's awesome. Yeah, there was. I don't remember if it was the late night Thursday or the early show Friday. I was one yeah. of the. It was one of those, and I I didn't have a piece of fur on my face. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> I had no negative thoughts. I think it was the early show Friday, and um, the crowd was dope. That's awesome. And uh, I was just fully in the moment. It was Friday early show, because I remember um, Steph Sanders was there, who we've had on the podcast. And I just remember, like... Being like, man, my friends are here. Yeah. Anthony Jeselnik is is here. I'm this crowd is freaking awesome. I love this club, yeah. and and I just went up and all my inner thoughts were just, damn, this is a cool job. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> I was just like in the moment. The crowd was filling me like, yep. it was it was cool. Yeah. Do you and in those moments, do you feel like your true self? Like, do you get that yeah. feeling? Like, I feel like a true performer. Like, yeah. I feel like my best performer in those moments where I'm just like. 
having fun and flowing. Like it's literally just a flow and I like pause and I'm having fun and, you know, not so much riffing, but I'm just like in the moment. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. I love it. It's yeah. such a cool feeling. Because like, it's either my inner thoughts take over when I'm flowing or mm-hmm. I'm flowing and it's like good. Yeah. But, but have you had that? Yeah. I've had it a few yeah. times and yeah. it's like, it's so much nicer. Like Willows, that show we did in Willows was like full flow state. Mm. Like, I was seeing the room and I was just feeling it and they were laughing so hard I would have time to pause. And so the inner thought had time to be the main thought. Like the deep down thought got to be the real one. While they were laughing, I'm like, all right, embrace this. They're laughing. Look around. Where do you want to go next? Okay, let's do this. And it was like coming up with tags on the spot and like, oh, they thought this was funny. This is similar. Let's see if they like this too. Mm -hmm. And I even had one, yeah, the Saturday Mm -hmm. early show when I was hosting for Chad Daniels. Like... I watched the tape because I was we like, love to name drop. We do on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> He's amazing. You should check him out if you haven't. So such a cool dude. It's so funny. Uh, but the Saturday early show was like one where like I watched the tape because I was like I was just like going with the flow, and like I watched the tape and I'm like it seemed so much better in the moment with that crowd, but they loved it. Like it was the mm-hmm. best show hands down and everybody was so excited with me and I was like it's because it felt so spontaneous like the jokes weren't in their best form always maybe a little too wordy or maybe like a little bit missing but like everybody was in the same flow with me and so it just it worked like we were yeah you're all like your frequencies yeah Yeah. oh that's the best that's the best feeling and oh. it's like, yeah, the second that inner thought shuts off and it's just one thought, one flow, it's, it's like... It's crazy, too, when we're, like, performing all these shows in one weekend because we have such different inner thoughts and experiences in each yeah. one. Like, the first one was the fur incident, was fur gate. Yep. <laughs> that was yes. fur gate, where I was like, I just ate a piece of fur on stage. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and then, you know, and then I had a set where I was, like, in the flow. And then the very next set, I was really depressed. Yeah. Like, so sad. Like, like, coming down off the high. Like No, I was, I, like, felt like I, oh. I saw the Instagram post, and oh. I was, like, super sad. I was, like, trying not to cry. Yeah. And I was in my feelings. And then, and then my inner thoughts when I went on stage was, like, <laughs> I'm up there doing my thing again. Yeah. And I'm th- now my inner thought is... Aurora, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah. you're in front of, like, I don't, how many, how much does Punch like 200 almost? 200? 180, I think, yeah. I'm in front of a sold out crowd at a Live Nation venue. Yeah. I'm literally living my dream. Yep. Living my dream. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. life is good right now. And people are loving me. Like, we're having, it's another fun, like, vibey show. Yeah. And my inner thought was how fucking sad I was that certain people are treating me like shit in my private life. Yeah. And it's like, it just like, it was pissing me off. So it was like, I'm performing. And my inner thought was like two inner thoughts going like a conversation. Aurora, things are good. Be in the moment. Look, people are laughing. And then the other one's like, yeah, but like, you're so sad. And then there was another one that was like, girl, how could you be sad? You're look at what you're doing. Hey, you're okay, you know what? Be sad, but can you not be sad right now? Because yeah. you're kind of in front of a lot of people. Bad timing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. I'm, and then I started to get angry at myself while I'm on stage doing oh, my no. set. I'm like getting angry. I'm like, Aurora, how could you be angry right now at your like you're how could you be sad? Don't fuck this up. You are doing a good job. Just get through your set. Get through the yeah. night. And it's like, it's so dumb. But you know what everyone else saw? 
you crushed a great it. time yeah they did, saw none of it they saw a duck they saw a swan they saw a duck. they saw yeah just me floating on water just a beautiful Smooth sailing yeah <laughs> and underneath i'm just like <laughs> underneath there's like not even just feet paddling there's like seaweed that your yeah. feet are caught in I'm like trying choking. to drag you I'm down i'm literally about to drown there's a monster yeah, yeah. i'm literally just about like, to drown i got this oh it's so bad and i hate feeling that way and and it's just I have I have found tools as an artist to to overcome those things and that's why the set ended up going great and no one knew what was going on like yeah. no one even at the club like when I got off stage I still like acted professional and was like you know yeah I'm here having a good time everything's mm-hmm. fine can I have another glass of wine yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but like yeah no one knew that I was near tears the whole night and um I, I have found tools to handle that kind of stuff uh, through like therapy and whatever and and finding ways to like be like, okay, you can fear, feel your feelings, um, but also identify like where you are right now and start pointing out the good things. Yeah. Because like there, there were so many more good things and bad things happening in that moment. So for me in that moment, it was okay for me to be like, okay, these feelings are valid but, yeah. like, he, right now is not the time and place to talk about them. Exactly. And feel them, yep. you know? Yeah. It's just something that comes with time and practice. I'm still working on it. Hey, we're all human. <laughs> yeah. And that's anybody, so. Yeah. yeah. You're about to cry. You're <laughs> about know. to cry. I see the tears. <laughs> I know, because it really hurt. That night really I hurt. Know. But it's so interesting that, like, no one could tell. Yeah. You know, I did a really good job of hiding it. That's like, that's the struggle. <laughs> until, like, that's until literally you picked me up and we got in the car and then I just started crying like yeah. immediately. But those are the inner thoughts that happen, you know, like you go up on stage and you go on autopilot and then that shit leaves space for those thoughts to creep in of like loneliness and sadness and all the things. Yeah. Okay. Don't. Cause if you touch me, if you touch my shoulder, gonna happen. I'm going to cry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> It's not your fault. Ah, okay, let's keep laughing. <laughs> Goodwill hunting. It's not your fault. It's not? It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's their fault. It's not your fault. But have you ever had that? Have you had those moments on stage where you're like so... Maybe, obviously not so... I got triggered by something. Like yeah. I saw something posted and I immediately was triggered. Yeah. But have you ever like gone on stage feeling just down, upset, sad, mad... Yeah, and it, then it, you <coughs> can't sorry, then you can't be in the moment. It. You can't focus. I had one of the World Series contests. It was the day where we had that racist guy on the motorcycle yell at us. Oh yeah, and it's like, and then it was the same day one of our comedian friends passed away, and it's like those two things. And then it's like, okay, so you're doing eleven minutes, and I could not focus on my set. I was thinking about all the negativity, and then I was just doing the math of eleven minutes. I was like, okay. Because they only give you a one minute light. My closer's two to three minutes. Like, so I'm like freaking out and I don't know. And I'm like, oh, and then I'm doing the math. I'm like, oh, my set's almost over. So I start my closer and then I haven't seen the light. So I got off before the light because mm-hmm. I was, I did the math wrong because I wasn't so thinking clearly. So you let your, your thoughts, the thoughts took interfere. over 100%. And that was like, that would have been a, a place where I could have easily done very well. Because the next year I took, what, third, second place there? Yeah, mm-hmm. second place there. And, like, when we went there, we had amazing sets. So, what, So like, you've had that experience where you've had those... Just the negative thoughts just take on over. On stage. On stage, you can't focus. 
you'll be telling a joke and realize you missed something in it or like you don't commit to the punchline. Like you'll have an act out where like you're supposed to get into it and you just sort of say it. And it's like, okay, well, it's not going to be funny if you just say it like no voice, no inflection. Like you lose so much when that other thought is like the main train. If we want to use that, like the negativity can take over the track and then your comedy's the background noise trying to fight through. When you like, so you've had those experiences. That was like a few years ago. That was, yeah. that wasn't even like a year ago. That was like at least two years. That was maybe yeah. three years. That was yeah. I think two years ago. Yeah. I think those are good experiences to have because you need them. the the ones that where those inner thoughts do interfere. Because yeah. if you always go on stage or you, or like let's say you're having a bad day and then you're like I can't do the show today or I can't do yeah. this set today then you never really learn how to get those tools to overcome those feelings. Definitely. Like I've definitely had those experiences where I've had those negative life inner thoughts mm-hmm. um, and <clears throat> interfere with my set and my set go bad. Yeah. And because that has happened, I was able to do like with this weekend, what I was able to do yep. and like still push through. We need it. Yeah. The and struggle makes you strong. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I think if um, new comedians are listening to this, I think that it's really important that if you're feeling like shit, you need to go perform still. Yeah. Because you need to find the tools to overcome those and Mm -hmm. have an audience hate you and have yourself hate yourself and go on stage with those negative inner thoughts and push through. And every once in a while, like I've done sets where like, Not when I'm forced to do a set, but I'll go to like an open mic or go do a show that I wasn't like on when I'm feeling bad just to like see what happens. Because sometimes that that sadness or that anger or whatever reveals some sort of vulnerability in you that the audience will relate to and be like, oh, my God. And then you found a new topic to talk about. Like if you're in your feelings about something, go talk about it. I don't know if you guys heard (laughs) about our dog dying. Anthony, just when they heard about it. (laughs) But um, yeah, the the day that Taz died, mm-hmm. um, I was in a hotel room in LA and I had to watch it over FaceTime. Yeah, <sighs> it was a it was a shitty day for sure. But um, I went to an open mic that night and um, I got on the mic and I talked about it and it like dealing with that loss that day and then forcing myself to go up and perform. Um, it helped me out, but also like, you know, you need that tool to be able to deal with life because like deal with life and perform because in stand up, I mean, unless you're like huge, 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 the only reason you can really cancel a performance is if you're like really sick. Yeah. Not like just sick. Yeah. You have to be really ill. Yeah. Um, If you have, you know, a loss or something that happened that day. 99% of the time, you still have to go up and perform. Yeah. You <clears throat> so, don't want to build a reputation as somebody who just last minute cancels for every little thing. For every little so thing, like, yeah. I mean, obviously, if it's a huge, huge, huge yeah. thing, you know, people are understanding. But for the most part, it's a job that yeah. you can't really call in sick for. You can't really call in for grievances. So yeah. you have to build those tools. And um, I'm really thankful that I've had to build those tools. I'm not thankful for the reasons that they've happened yeah. but like yeah aurora's not yeah. here like hey every day before you perform murder your dog that no. you love. please don't do that yeah um it's a bad tool don't but use it I've but had when like, it happens you have to be ready to lean into it i mean yeah i've had like full panic attacks yeah. 
And then they're like, coming to the stage, Aurora sing. And it's like, okay, here we go. And um, having those inner thoughts like this weekend of just feeling like so lonely and sad and depressed. It's like, and being near tears. It's just so, it's, it's wild that I've created those tools to handle it. And I think it's really wild that like I go on stage and host a sold out show and no one knows that I'm like drowning on the, I mean, that's, on the inside. Yeah, that's a mental health yeah. crisis. Like yeah. people don't know. But more fun inner thoughts is yeah. that <laughs> more fun inner thoughts. Like one, there's one show this weekend that I was so hungry and I was like, oh, I just can't wait to get in the green room and eat. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally am on stage doing my autopilot yep. and because I wasn't thinking of anything more than just doing the jokes my other brain my other side of the brain was like oh yeah you get french fries yeah, yeah it's french yeah. fries waiting for you you <laughs> good get, day yeah uh, i love it it's so much fun do you have you ever um just been so hungry on stage that you hurry up your set so you could go eat <laughs> um i've never for food i should though there have been times where i see my food get dropped off at the table <laughs> when we're doing shows and i'm like oh i want to get it before it's cold <laughs> Um, but no, there was one time I had to pee really badly. And oh, so like, yeah. I, I listened to the audio and all my jokes were sped up so much. Like I was like trying to rush through and I'm like, I still have to do the same amount of time. Like <laughs> doing the jokes faster doesn't make my set go faster. The worst is when you're gassy and you're like, uh oh, I, and, and it's gassy cause you need to go to the bathroom Yeah, and then you're on stage and you're like performing and you're like squeezing your butt cheeks. <laughs> I was going to say, you just fart and blame an audience member. <laughs> You're like, I've never done that. You have that. power on stage. Like, you'll like, never. Dude, did you just that. fart in the front row? Gross. And everybody's like, this dude just farted. And then it goes viral. I think more often for me, it's like something on, it's like I've had to eat something that I found in my tooth on oh, stage. I've had that. Where I'm like, I had two spots yeah. that the dentist just fixed up because I would get stuff stuck yeah. in there. Yeah. There have been more times where I've been on stage and I'm like, I shouldn't have eaten right before I came up because then a piece of food would become dislodged while I'm talking. I'm like, you gotta just eat it. Why you, am I always eating? Do you ever have one of those moments where either like some spit flies out or like oh. something flies out in the middle of talking and you're like, oh, the front row. Like, yeah. Did everybody just see like yes. the spotlight hits it at the right angle? And yes. You're like, Especially when you're on an elevated stage, like at Punchline or yeah. Laughs or anywhere. And- and they're getting food and drinks and I literally like spit in their food yep. and I'm like I am so sorry so my sorry. inner thought is saying I'm so sorry but my outer thought is saying just fucking keep going just yeah. keep going maybe they won't they, yeah it happens like or if you're sweaty you're like does everybody see this bead of sweat running down oh, my forehead God. I don't know and you're like do I fix it like there's so many little small thoughts that shouldn't be there they have no reason to be, but they are there. But they're there. And it's mostly when you're an autopilot. Always, yeah. Yeah. I, I could literally talk about this for hours. So I think... Me too. Me too. I think we should do um, other episodes on different things because I want to talk about like inner thoughts when the crowd is loving you, inner thoughts when they're hating you. Yeah. Dealing and, with hecklers, like what's going on in your head if somebody's talking or making noise. And like, different kinds of hecklers. Yeah. Right, like I think there's good, there's bad, there's some other, there's some hecklers that are just respectful and they're having too much fun. Yeah, and so I want to, um, and there are ones that are disrespectful, but I want to obviously talk about those in detail. So we'll do For that sure. on a later episode. Yeah, this is just a part one because yeah, comedians have thoughts on. I just stage. like that people get to hear like what's actually happening because yeah. you know, I because I feel like fans of comedy will appreciate it, and I think that comedians who are like 
learning and growing and maybe even at our level, any comedian. And I think younger comedians see us seeming spontaneous and they get like sort of like, I'll never be like that. It's like, no, we're 10 and nine years into this game. And yeah. We still have those freak out thoughts. And, and I know for random. a fact that big headliners have those thoughts still, mm-hmm. like Netflix headliners, because yep. they've told me. Yeah. It never goes <laughs> it away. It never goes away. I've seen, yeah, I've seen comedians after sets that are like Netflix level comedians, not, and will, they have the same, like, I, I messed up this one punchline. It's like, who cares? No one noticed. Yeah. I will not name names. I won't name drop on this one. Ooh. But I had a comedian who was working out his Netflix hour. So okay. he, so it was, I was hosting for him five shows and he was running his hour for his Netflix special and then he was recording his Netflix special four months later, right? Hilarious. Like one of the nicest, most hilarious comedians I've ever yeah, met. I know who it is and very funny. Yes. Yeah. And he literally was like, "What? It, I, I don't remember the exact sequence of events, but he said, oh yeah, yeah, I was introing him. And or no, no, I wasn't. Sorry, I messed it up. I was about to bring him on stage. So the feature was wrapping up and I was about to go up on stage, you know, and intro the headliner to come up and do his thing. And right before I go up, the features wrapping up, he pulls me. I almost said his his name. He pulls me aside. There's a bug in here. It's like a a mosquito or something. Okay, that's fine. As long as it's not a spider, I will freak out. Um, But he pulls me aside (laughs) That's the clip. It's going to go a- viral. It was a mosquito. Yeah, I killed it. It's just it. a You're pat welcome. on the back. Okay. It um- was a mosquito. <laughs> okay, let me finish this. So then he goes, <laughs> he pulls me aside right before I go up and he goes, hey, Aurora, I just want to let you know, I might need to take a shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, I'm not kidding you. I I'm, I might need to take a shit. So like, I'm going to be up there for an hour, but just be on standby. Like, don't go too far because I might call you back up on stage so that I can go to the bathroom yeah. and take a bathroom break. And I was like, what? And he goes, oh, he's done. You got to go. But I just had to go on stage. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, talk. Yeah. So I feel like it. That feeling of like those inner thoughts and those like what's going on, it never ever goes away. Nope. I mean, this guy is literally on Netflix right now. Yeah, and, and been so, doing it forever. And so. it's been doing it forever. Um, I just think that's so funny. That's so so funny. yeah, I think it's cool that like all kinds of comedians and fans of comedy get to hear this side of us. That's yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> so let's do our game. Yeah. Um, pocketed punchlines, uh, where we find old jokes and premises that we abandoned years ago and see what we were thinking. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I, I don't have one yet. So if you have one. Okay, first. I'm scrolling through my phone and I'm just going to click on a random. Um, okay, so this is from May 28th, 2016 at 1.06 p.m. I wrote, Okay. I just randomly clicked on this. I yeah. wrote, co-worker calling me fat. Oh, my God. I'm afraid to read the rest of it. Oh, boy. Yeah, this sounds more like a, a <laughs> okay. diary entry. <laughs> We're about to get some tea. So I think it's two different jokes. The first one says, co- it's two different notes, I think, in one. Coworker calling me fat. And then the next part says, being told to suck so many dicks and forgetting who I am as a person. Like, am I still a pretty girl? Am I feminine? My boyfriend tries so hard to be sweet and tell me I'm beautiful, but I forget that I'm supposed to feel that way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's a what pocketed punchline or pocketed slam poetry. I'm that was so... I'm so My boyfriend tells me I'm beautiful, <laughs> but I forget to feel that way. <laughs> oh, 
That is so funny. Okay. I think I, I remember the coworker that okay. called me fat. Um, he was a football player at UNR, and then he started to work at Dole and Toyota. This was written at, while I was working at Dole and Toyota okay. in Reno. Yeah. And I remember that I had started to gain weight. So the weight. boyfriend is me. The boyfriend is you. I was like, yeah. I was like. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. So the coworker was a football player from UNR who okay. was in my same class, graduated with me. Started I think work- I know. Yeah, I know started who Started working at, at Toyota um, after I had started working there. So when I was in, in college, I was like this fit athlete. And then I gained a bunch of weight. Um, because the real world was like, you don't have time to work out like that, you dumb bitch. And so <laughs> I gained weight and he was like, Aurora, you've gained weight. And I was like, hey, so much, it's so funny. I didn't notice. Oh my God. So I think I wanted to like write about it because I wasn't like insulted. I was just kind of like impressed by the gall of him yeah. just calling me fat at work. Um, and then the being told to suck so many dicks, I remember that feeling because I worked with like 30 men. Yeah. And they would like it, it was like a running joke. They if I said something, any if anyone said something, they'd be like, suck a dick. Yeah. Suck a dick. Like go suck a dick. You know? Just like locker room talk. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I remember that and being like, that is ridiculous that I'm working with all these men and they keep telling each other and me to suck dicks. Yeah. And then it makes it yeah, I was like, who am I? Like, am I supposed to be sucking dick? Why do they <laughs> keep telling me this? Is this something I should be doing more of? You know? <laughs> And then the... the my As a feminist, <laughs> no. I do not believe she also, has to. Also, I'm not that great at it, to be honest. <laughs> and the other thing is um, my boyfriend tries so hard to be sweet and tell me I'm beautiful. Oh, this was just like an insecure thing yeah. that I was trying to make funny. Like, and you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. So I think I was trying to like take this idea of like you... Like, I, I think what I was trying to do was connect the fact that my co-worker called me fat mm-hmm. but then all my other co-workers were like telling me to suck dick so i was like hot enough to like suck dick yeah <laughs> but i was like so insecure from being fat but even though i was insecure from getting fat my boyfriend was still like you're beautiful and i was like and then i'm like oh because i said i'm forgetting who i am but then my boyfriend's like you know you're beautiful and i'm like oh am i oh i guess i'm supposed to feel that way yeah <laughs> i think that's like where i was going okay it's not funny no I'm sorry. That's probably... You're beautiful. I will remind you that I said that before. I'll say it again. You're beautiful. It's like, I can see... I feel like there could be funny. It could... There could be some kind of... But I also don't really write dirty comedy like that anymore. Like sucking dick and all. I don't really write like that. That's my comedy now. That's... Oh, God. (laughs) Sips tea. Sips tea. No, I... I mean, it's it's what we talked about, like the vulnerability on stage is big. So you were just trying to be vulnerable. That's Which it. is like interesting because early co- comedian Aurora is like, oh, yeah, talk about this, but talk about sucking dick. That's vulnerability. And yep. then like more seasoned comedian Aurora is like, I mean, I see that I could talk about being insecure and forgetting who I am. But like, we don't need to use sucking dick as like a, yeah. a segue for that you know yeah. so it's just like the early comedians <clears throat> they really go to dick jokes it's always dick yep. jokes dick jokes dick jokes so that's probably why i abandoned it but maybe i can bring back the idea and the feeling and premise of it i think so with something more meaningful yeah i think you'll get there <laughs> <laughs> okay do you did you find one i found one yeah okay. it's it's ironic that i clicked on it because i remember i actually wrote it here 
during a gateway show. Oh, at the comedy back spot? On this couch backstage. No, yeah. they need to get a new couch. They need a new That's couch. An old yeah. couch. <laughs> it's an old one. Um, the first part's funny to me because I remember what I was thinking a little bit. Um, I wrote, when I got high, I wouldn't speak. But then they gave me a microphone, so I talked it all out because that's what you do. If I was on a stage and not speaking, I'd be a a mime. Hopefully. Otherwise, I'd be a stripper. So it was like this idea that I don't talk. <laughs> like when I get high, I'm just like, just shut up. You have weird thoughts. Don't say what you're thinking out loud. But then it was like, you have to speak into this microphone. I was like, okay, if I don't, then I'm a mime or a Did stripper. You, so you said this for your high set? Like I, you wrote, I don't remember if I said it or not, honestly. Did you write it when you were high? I wrote it when I was high. Okay. Because I was like, that yeah, that's out. why I was like, I yeah, I wouldn't speak. But then a microphone means I have to speak. And then I remember writing, yeah, backstage here. It was when I was waiting for you that one time when you were coming to pick me up and I just had to oh sit on this couch. Oh my God, Drew got s- so, so high. high that night. Oh my God. I didn't realize. Yeah, it was like, I took like a quick release edible and then it wasn't hitting. So I took more edibles. It was bad. Uh, But I wrote, weed can't be a hard drug. Nobody can call it a hard drug if it can be taken in gummy form. That's funny. And then I wrote, yeah, I was like... That's actually really funny. I was like, other drugs are hard. Like, you can't drink, like, a ketamine Kool-Aid jammer. I thought you were going to say, like, other drugs are hard. Like, crystal meth is physically hard. Yeah, (laughs) it's physically (laughs) hard. That's the gummy. Like, crystal meth. Now it's it's a soft drug. Yeah, it's a gummy. It's a soft, chewable drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Because, like, in my mind, I'm like... That could be a misdirect, yeah. Like a like like an obvious misdirect in a yeah. sense. Like give them exactly what your brain would think the opposite of yeah. soft is. Because like yeah. you're explaining it as like it's not like a tough drug, you know. Like it's yeah. not like a oh yeah, I do marijuana. I'm in the streets. Like hard you know? drugs, yeah. Yeah, it's not a hard drug. because like, <laughs> if you can eat it in a gummy form, it's not hard. But like crystal meth is literally solid. hard. Yeah, Rock solid. solid. Yeah. I think that would be funny if, yeah, I misinterpreted hard drug is like hard to use. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, even not in a gummy form, it's a leaf. Yeah. It's literally yeah. every part of it is easy. It's soft. It's a soft a drug. little match and you can light it up. Other things you have to like find all these tools. You have tools. to have a metal spoon. You got to yeah. roll it up. You like, got to... Uh, uh, too much work. Um, roll up money. You got to... Yeah, all the... Too yeah. much work. <laughs> and then, yeah. And the last part was, yeah, you, you can't... There's no candy necklace that just has oxys. Right. Like, yeah. that's a hard drug. And those are hard drugs. They don't make it silly sweet, but yeah. weed is like, oh, it's a teddy bear gummy. Ooh, yeah, yum. Yeah, it's mango. Ooh. Mm, passion <laughs> fruit. Literally, those were my thoughts. It's a drink. While high, and I wrote it. And then the rest of it is actually what I'm doing on stage now. It, I started writing about my brother dying during Book of Eli while I was high. Oh, good. So I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know if I had already thought of it or if that was the moment, but I got super introspective. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the juxtaposition of the soft and hard thing, though. I like that but a lot. You might want to bring that back okay. and work on it. Okay. Thank you. Should I bring back any of mine? Okay. Well, we can move on. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> no, keep working on. Yeah. No, because you don't talk about sucking dicks. You can bring up like the boyfriend or husband being supportive and reminding you of things. And you're like, dude. What are you doing yeah. or whatever it is? Like- I do want to bring back. I do want to maybe dig into the story of my coworker calling me fat because that was like hilarious to me. He like sat me down and was like, you've gained weight. Like you're fat. Like wow. he said fat. And I was like, you're fucking dumb. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Yeah. It, it wasn't even like and, and like 
granted, if it was a friend that mm-hmm. sat me down and was like, hey, you know, I'm worried about you. You're gaining a lot of weight. You don't seem healthy. Yeah. And I'm concerned for you. Like, do you need help? Like, I'm, I can help you out. I'm here to support you. But, like, we were not close like that. No. Like, we were not close. Yeah. Ooh. At all. He called me fat. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Jeez. So I might want to bring that back because I think I can make it. I think I can make it funny. My comedy is very like tragedy. It is always tragedy. Yeah, it is. Well, we could talk for days, honestly, about inner thoughts. It's been a lot of fun. We want to do more episodes about our inner thoughts. If you have any questions based on our inner thoughts, please send them our way. We, we always want to answer. Also, if you want to find out what happened this weekend and what made me so sad, um, then maybe we'll talk about it Ooh, in another episode, too. Drama. Or maybe we'll put it in a deleted scene when we start doing our Patreon and like talk about it. And I'll let you guys, I'll, I'll let you guys know what happened. And thank you for listening. yeah thank you and watching (laughs) thank you for listening and watching we release episodes every thursday um follow us on all the socials the love and comedy podcast again it's the love and comedy podcast we're streaming on all services so if you lose one or whatever we're there i promise you we're out there um and also if you guys could please subscribe share follow comment and thumbs up this episode and rate this episode if that's an option that's an option on some platforms it really helps us out um and we're really trying to make this grow so we appreciate the support and also would appreciate if you you know told people about it that'd be dope um and follow me um i'm one of your hosts aurora singh at aurora singh comedy and i'm your other host at drew schaefer comedy uh schaefer is safer with an h yes the easy way and like i said we want to hear from you if you have any questions about what we talked about today or any questions in general about our love about our comedy please send them our way and we'll answer them love you comedy you (laughs) Nice!